0: daily exercise or travel to work no matter when you are listening we pray this episode blesses you
1: come on everybody
0: we got a song for the church
1: choir <laughs> sing it about somebody that we call that man jesus come on clap your hands everybody come on this one's for the search for come on I search come on all over come on trying to find someone but at my search I was faced with reality come on that no one come on could ever match come on.
2: God has so many things for you to enjoy.
3: everybody and welcome to the virtual sanctuary of the salem baptist church we're so glad you're with us this morning would you join me in our call to worship as i read from psalm 96 oh sing to the lord a new song sing to the lord all the earth sing to the lord bless his name proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day declare his glory among the nations his wonder among all peoples For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised, shall we pray? Hallelujah. We are so glad to gather here yet one more time, Lord, to worship you and honor you and give glory to you. And Lord, I pray a blessing upon this gathering, upon this service, upon everybody watching and listening all over the world. Lord, I pray that you'd open up hearts and minds to receive your word, to be encouraged by your music, Lord God, to be encouraged by your songs. Lord, we just ask for a blessing and an anointing on this worship time. We ask this in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus the Christ. Amen and amen. And now we turn the service back to our uh, worship, music, and fine arts ministry.
4: for that trouble don't last always and as you prepare for prayer in this the virtual sanctuary be mindful of all of our elected officials those serving at the federal state and local level and all of our military personnel those that are hospitalized this week sister margaret lockett in emmanuel hospital Brother Crandon Thompson in Clarkston Hospital. Those that stand in the need of additional prayer this week, Sister Sally Alley, Infant Clementine Nielsen Jackson, Sister Alice Lewis, Sister Jacqueline Titsworth, Sister Felicia Watson, Brother James Alley, Brother James Brooks, Brother Brandon Jemerson, Brother Frank Stewart Sr., Bishop Robert Tyler, Brother Jermaine Westbrook, Brother Charles and Sister Yvonne Williams, and Brother James Williams. Then there are those that stand in the need of prayer due to the loss of a loved one. Uh, We want to keep Brother Kevin Kelly and the loss of his mother, Lady Maggie Lewis Martin Kelly, and his father, Archbishop, Arthur L. Kelly. Funeral service will be held on Monday, December 14th in St. Louis, Missouri. Let us now go to the throne of grace in prayer. God, we've come now on this day and at this hour. We're struggling, God, trying to make sense out of the madness and the nonsense is going on all around us. We fall on our knees and we pray each and every day, but it seems that our prayers are going unanswered. We look to the hills from which cometh our help, knowing that our help comes from you, only to be distracted by people who are disobedient, people who are saying that 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 this virus this pandemic is not real but i declare on today god that your word never comes back void and all we have to do is keep our hands in your hands and in your own time everything's gonna be all right and so god we just thank you for your word on today We thank you for the shepherd of this house who continues to pour out himself and his spirit to show us the way in which we should go leading and following after your example. We thank you, God, for all of our officers and all of our members who are steadfast, unmovable, working to do what you have called us to do and being faithful to the task of wearing masks, washing hands, and staying socially distanced. And God, even when we've done our best, there are times when the virus will come upon us anyway. And it's in these times, God, that we are leaning and depending on you, that we are unafraid of what shall happen, because we know that you have all power in your hand and you will deliver us as you have delivered time and time again. Don't let us be afraid, God, but let us speak truth to power. Let us encourage one another as we tarry together during this time of pandemic. Now God, be ask that you bless us as you give us this church to worship in and other churches all over the country. Remind us, God, that your church has been established and the very gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We adore you. We love you. We magnify your holy name. Bless us all, God, for the work that we do and the sweat of our brow. We love you, we love you, and we love you. When it's all said and done, at the end of each and every day, before we lay our heads down for a good night's rest, we pray, God, that you will descend upon our spirits, ease our anxiety and our troubled minds, and allow us to rest from our labor, only to wake us up in the morning to the dawn of a brand new day. Bless us and keep us only as you can. It is in the master's name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus the Christ, that we pray, amen.
5: Good morning, Salem. Bless you on this, the Lord's day. What a blessing it is to worship his name in spirit and in truth. Just a few announcements for you on this morning. First of all, we want to thank all of the volunteers who came out on yesterday to help us with the Salem Food Drive. We want to give a special thanks to our partners, Thriving Financial, Saving Grace for Perishable Foods and High V Foods for their wonderful contribution which allowed us to assist those in our community who are in need. And we also want to thank those pastors' partners who who partnered with our pastor as we provided for those, again, in our community. Want to remind you that our Word for Your Walk broadcast is aired each and every Sunday at 1.30 p.m. on the local CW network. We ask that you would tune in each week to get a word for your walk. Salem, we continue to ask you for your patience. We ask you for your prayers. As we continue to monitor the COVID-19 situation, we know that the pandemic is continuing to ravage our nation and our world. The numbers and the cases continue to rise. And so we ask you again to continue to pray And we ask for your patience as we meet each and every week with the New Normal Ministry to try to determine when it is safe to return back to in-person worship. And we thank you for the sacrifices that you've been making. We know that as we approach this Christmas season, it won't be as usual as they say we are in what they call a new normal. Many of the traditions that we are used to as we gather with families will be different this year. But I'm glad there is one tradition that we have here at the Salem Baptist Church that we can continue to do. We have a wonderful tradition here at the Salem Church that each holiday season, we come together collectively and we present a gift to our first family. And so Salem, I'm asking you today that if you would like to contribute to that gift, that you would do so during offering time if you're using an offering envelope, simply write on the line that says other, pastor Backer's name, or simply put Christmas gift. If you're using one of the electronic platforms, in the memo section, you can indicate the gift which you would like to give to our first family. We thank you in advance for that, and we know that our pastor and family will appreciate it. Again, Salem, thank you for your financial stewardship We know that if we pay our tithes and offering, we place ourselves under the open windows of God, that he might pour out blessings that we don't have room enough to receive. We encourage you to continue your financial stewardship, and there are many ways that you can continue to give. You can mail your offering in to the church, Salem Baptist Church, 3131 Lake Street, Omaha, Nebraska 68111. Or, you may drop your tithing offering off at the church Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. There's a secure tithe box located just outside the administrative office. Or, feel free to use one of our electronic platforms. You may give through PayPal, Venmo, the Cash App, or Givelify. We know that that God truly loves a cheerful giver, and we know that we'll be blessed when we continue to support the kingdom and the work of ministry. May God bless you and keep you. We now want to continue in worship with our music and fine arts ministry.
3: message. Certainly in times like these, encourage ourselves in the Lord. Sometimes folks won't encourage you. Sometimes folks will discourage you, and we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. This book contains a lot of encouragement. We go to the Word for encouragement from the Lord. It's my honor and privilege to be with you here this morning. I I give honor to my senior pastor, Dr. Selwyn Q. Backus, and we pray for refreshing for him and blessing for him in his absence. I just want to mention briefly that uh, I continue to serve in the Douglas County Jail as a full-time chaplain, and even in these COVID times, God is at work behind the walls. Men and women are getting saved. and. People are being discipled and the Spirit of God is at work. So continue to keep us in pray as we serve with the Good News Jail and Prison Ministry in the Douglas County Jail, Pottawatomie County Jail and Sarpy County Jail. Let's go to the Word of God now. And I just have one verse for our text today. And that is from the book of Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. I read from the NIV and now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit I want to title this text this morning living in a place called hope living in a place called hope Well, here at the end of 2020, our world could certainly use some hope. A pandemic rages around the globe. Over a million people have died worldwide. Tens of millions are sick or have been sick. And here in the U.S., of course, health systems are overwhelmed. The economy is on shaky ground. And people wait for hours to get a box of groceries at a food pantry. And so this prayer from Romans 15, 13 is tailor-made for troubled times today. It's simple yet profound. It's an expression of who God is, the God of hope, and of what God's people may become, the people of hope. It's not a prayer, by the way, to destroy our enemies, and it's not a prayer for different circumstances, but it's a prayer that God would help us overflow with hope. Now, we know that the Apostle Paul traveled far and wide, preaching the gospel from Jerusalem to Rome and everywhere in between. He stayed at a lot of places. But regardless of his physical location, spiritually, Paul always seemed to be living in a place called hope. And by hope this morning, I'm not talking about that word that we use sometimes in casual conversation. Oh, I hope this works or I hope I can just hold on a little while longer. In that context, the word hope conjures up a sense of doubt and uncertainty. You see, at best, that type of hope is nothing more than wishful thinking. But according to Vine's Bible Dictionary, the New Testament word for hope describes a favorable and confident expectation. That's what hope is. Hope is an expectation for good based on our faith in God and the promises of God. And we know that hope is a key component of the Christian faith. That word hope or something similar is mentioned at least 85 times in the New Testament. You see, the apostles of the early church, the leaders of the early church, the preachers of the early church look to infuse believers with hope. They would say, despite the reality of persecution, you can have hope. Despite the Roman oppression, you can have hope. Despite your suffering, you can have hope. And it's nothing compared to the glory you're going to experience someday. And somebody watching today can testify that there is power in Christian hope. We know that hope sees something better up ahead down the road. We know that hope keeps us going even when we don't feel like going. That hope gives a purpose to our pain. That hope offers a new beginning for those with a difficult past. That hope can promote healing and change. In fact, studies show that hope even promotes faster recovery from surgery and a higher survival rate among cancer patients. Understand this today. Hope is a powerful force. And one theologian put it this way, what oxygen is to the lungs, hope is to our spirits. We need it to live. We need it to survive. The author of Hebrews says our hope in Jesus is an anchor for the soul. It's something underneath it all that keeps us going, keeps us moving forward. And of all people, we as believers should be people of hope, should we not? But, but is that the case? In these divisive times, in these chaotic times, are we living in a place called hope or in a place of anger and fear? No doubt it's challenging. There's no question about it. There's chaos in our communities, the chaos in Washington, the chaos in our culture. The impact all of this has on our mental health is staggering, and it begs the question, can we still have hope? So Paul's prayer is relevant not simply as a prayer for hope, but as clearly seeing who the source of hope is. And Paul reminds us of something that we probably already know, but we need that reminder every once in a while that there is a clear connection between God and hope. They are connected. You can't help but notice that he refers to God as the God of hope. You see, God is not just the big guy upstairs who's in charge of the universe and letting us know about it. He is the God of hope. In fact, the literal translation from the Greek is the God of the hope. There's something uniquely special about this hope that God brings to us. This is the hope based on all that God has done for us through Christ Jesus. This is not just ordinary hope, everyday hope, or run-of-the-mill hope. This is the epitome of hope. This is the hope. Hallelujah. And what makes it even more compelling, brothers and sisters, is that the Apostle Paul did not always live in ideal circumstances, did he? You see, Paul had been through some stuff that would shut down hope in most of us. Let me just read a few verses from 2 Corinthians 11. This is Paul describing his life. Five times I received the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and often gone without food. I've been cold and naked without clothing. How in the world does the Apostle Paul still have hope? How could Paul write things like, tribulation produces patience and patience character and character hope and hope does not disappoint? How could he write that? How could Paul and Silas sing in the midnight hour in a Philippian jail? How could they do that? How can Paul possibly make the connection between God and hope? Well, if we look at the preceding verses in chapter 15, we see the reasons. And with holy imagination this morning, I can see Paul standing here on the platform at Salem Baptist Church and saying, Salem, this is why I believe God is a God of hope. And he would say, number one, the first reason is I find hope in the word of God. I find hope in the Word of God. It's right there in verse 4, chapter 15, verse 4. It says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. It's interesting that we look to the Word of God for revelation about God, for knowledge of God, for direction from God. And it's true, the Word does all that. It gives us guidance. But in this setting, Paul is reminding us that a primary purpose of the Word is to produce hope in the life of believers. The Word produces hope. And while Christians today spend much of their time in the New Testament back in Paul's day, the Scriptures were really what we would call the Old Testament. And they were lessons from the life of Abraham and the the life of Moses, the children of Israel, the Psalms, and they all teach us to hope and wait patiently for God to fulfill his promises. The Bible even describes Abraham as one who, contrary to hope, in hope believed. Abraham believed God in situations where it was hard to believe God. Abraham was an old man. His wife Sarah was an old woman but they had hope based on the promise of God that he would bless them someday with a child of their own. They had hope. Years ago, I was talking with Pastor Bacchus about preaching issues, and one of the things he mentioned, and I've always remembered, he said, always look for the hope in the text. When you're preparing a sermon, always look for the hope in the text because the Bible is a book of hope, and certainly the Old Testament is full of hope. And these are some of the verses that Paul and his fellow believers would have read. Psalm 42, why are you cast down, O my soul? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. Psalm 130, "O Israel, put your hope in the Lord. Psalm 146, happy is he whose hope is in the Lord his God. And one of my favorites, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Hallelujah. There are a lot of things that I don't understand in this world and you don't understand in this world. We don't know why things happen like they do, but I'm here to tell you, as the people of God, we need to get into the Word of God because there is hope in the Word of God. But Paul doesn't stop there. Paul says, Salem, I not only found hope in the Word of God, I find hope in the Son of God. And it's so ironic because at one point in his life, Paul greatly opposed Jesus. Paul put the followers of Jesus in chains. He stood by while the disciples of Jesus, or apostles, were put to death. He stood by with approval. But you see, his training in the Old Testament, his background in the Old Testament, served him well once he believed in Jesus. Because Paul could now see that Jesus was the source of hope and fulfillment that the prophets of the Old Testament had talked about for hundreds of years. That verse right before our text, verse 12, is a quotation from Isaiah, one of the prophets that Paul loved to quote in his writings. And he says, There shall be a root of Jesse, in other words, talking about Jesus, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles will hope. There's that word again, hope. And it's interesting that Paul quotes a Jewish prophet Referencing a Jewish Messiah as a source of hope for non-Jewish people like you and me, the Gentiles. It tells me one thing, that this hope that comes from Jesus Christ, this hope that comes from God, is not exclusive. This hope is inclusive. Hope in the Lord Jesus Christ is for everybody. He offers hope to the whole world. And when Paul talks of Jesus, he says, Christ in you, the hope of glory When Paul talks of the return of Jesus, he speaks of the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's about hope. Paul finds hope in Jesus, and someday that hope will be realized by all of us who believe in Jesus. What a day that will be when our Jesus we shall see. Hallelujah. And yet I think the most hopeless moments in the history of planet Earth had to be that day, those hours when Jesus was hanging on that tree and was crucified. And the most hopeless people had to be his disciples. Put yourself in their place for just a moment, for just a second. You see, all the hopes and dreams that you had for Jesus as a disciple, all the hopes and dreams you had for yourself, for your family, for your future, were shattered on that day on a hill called Mount Calvary. And in that moment when you heard Jesus cry out, My God, why have you forsaken me? You felt as if God had forsaken you as well. As the life drained out of Jesus, hope drained out of you. But what a blessing to know that early Sunday morning. Early Sunday morning. Early Sunday morning. Early Sunday morning. morning, Hope made a comeback. And Jesus got up out of that grave, out of that tomb with all power in his hands, and hope flowed back into the hearts of his disciples and fueled their passion to preach the gospel to everybody and to the whole world. And because Jesus rose up from the most hopeless of situations, you and I can have hope in the most hopeless of situations today. I don't have to tell anybody that we've just gone through a very divisive election And it continues to linger on all the issues surrounding it. And depending on one's political affiliation, people are either filled with hope or they're feeling hopeless. And truth be told, it's that way after every election. There are winners and losers, and and I'm not here to downplay the importance of an election. But I've lived more than a few decades now, believe it or not. And I understand something, the political pendulum will swing back and forth. Jobs will come and go. The economy goes up and down. But here's the hope. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. You talk about hope. That's hope for me. Jesus Christ stays the same. And that's why I agree with the Apostle Paul this morning. There is hope for the people of God because there is hope in the Word of God and there is hope in the Son of God. But you see, Paul packed a lot of truth in this short prayer, this short verse. And if he were here today, he would say, Salem, I found hope in the word of God. I found hope in the son of God, but I found hope in the spirit of God. We go back to verse 13, where it says that you may overflow with hope. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, we look to the Holy Spirit to provide power for witnessing. The Bible says you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. We know that verse. We look to the Holy Spirit to provide the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We believe the Spirit can produce that type of fruit in our lives. But Paul is saying we can also help or look to the Holy Spirit to help us overflow with hope. The Spirit brings hope. You see, Paul himself had been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit into a person of hope. I think again of Paul and Silas in that Philippian jail, beaten to a pulp, their feet put up in stocks, locked up in the inner prison, it says. Maximum security there in Philippi. And yet, they're praying and praising and singing in that midnight hour. There's only one explanation for that. Paul and Silas were filled with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm here to tell you today, the Holy Spirit brings hope into the darkest of situations. Recently, an inmate in the maximum security housing unit asked to see a chaplain at Douglas County Jail. And right now we're visiting through a video system. And so when his face popped up on the screen, I have to admit I was taken aback because his face and his shaved skull were covered with tattoos. I mean, just covered with tattoos and not just normal, ordinary tattoos. There were satanic pentangles there. There were Nazi swastikas. There were gang symbols. And we began to talk, and he told me that his life had been a life of drugs and biker gangs and prison. That was his life all 40 years of it. He could sum it up in three words. And he told me that for a time he pursued Satanism, and he considered himself a God-hater. But a few nights before, he wrote to me. He told me that in his solitary confinement, the Spirit of God showed up one night. And the Spirit of God began to speak to his heart. And he said, I got down on my knees, and I called out to God. I said, God, change me. If you're real, God, change me. I don't want to keep on living this way. And then he told me I did something really stupid. I started to cry. I'm not the type of person that cries. But I cried that night. And so I continued to minister to him and I told him about change, I said, you know what? My favorite verse in the Bible is, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. He said, yeah, I like that one. And then he was worried about what other people were thinking of him, that that might be uh, taken aback by his appearance. And I said, hey, the Bible tells us that man looks on the outside, but God looks on the inside. God sees your heart. He knows your sincerity. He's not put off by anything you've done or any way that you look. And so I was able to speak to him a little more and then got him a book called The Purpose Driven Life, a wonderful book. We got together again this week and we began talking about that book and about the Bible and he'd been reading the Bible. But I felt led to ask him, I said, you know, it's wonderful that God is speaking in your life, but if God is speaking to you, he's looking for a response. How will you respond? Will you respond by trusting him for forgiveness and salvation, by trusting him enough to give up your old lifestyle and follow him in a lifestyle of repentance and following Jesus? And he said, you know what? I did that a couple days ago. That book you gave me talked about the same thing. It talked about trusting Jesus and giving your life over to Jesus. And so a couple days ago, I just said, you know, what's holding me back? I got down on my knees and I asked Jesus into my life. The Holy Spirit brought hope to the darkest corner of the Douglas County Jail. Praise the Lord. And not only did the Holy Spirit bring hope there, but the Holy Spirit brought hope to Paul and Silas in their darkest hour. God used them in turn to bring hope to others because after that earthquake shook that Philippian jail and the jailer wanted to kill himself, they were able to share a message of hope and lead that jailer and his family to the Lord. Understand, because they overflowed with hope, they were able to share that hope with others. And someone needs to understand that as the Spirit of God works in your life, not only will you have hope, but God will use you as an instrument of hope to other people. Understand today, like Paul, we can find hope in the Word of God, in the Son of God, and the Spirit of God, but there is one key to experiencing that hope that he talked about, and it's found right here in verse 13. He says, Now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. As you trust in him. As you trust in him. You see this outflowing of hope that is so exciting and wonderful that Paul talked about is still activated by trusting in the God of hope. That Greek word for trust has the meaning of habitually believing. In other words, no matter what the circumstances are, you're in the habit of believing and trusting God. Believing in God does become a habit, and, and I know that not all habits are, are good habits, and sometimes there are habits we need to get rid of, but I'm here to tell you, if we get in the habit of believing in God, we will experience hope. We'll get in the habit of experiencing hope in our own lives. Because by faith we believe this God of hope works all things together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Oh, we believe that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And we believe that of God before us, oh, who can be against us? Those are some things we trust in, and those are some things that give us hope. This is the God we keep trusting, and as we do that, we will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I love the word picture this verse conjures up. Overflowing with hope. There's overflow. Now, uh, you know what? It doesn't tell us that the circumstances are always washed away, but it does tell us we will be flooded. We will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When I was growing up, I spent a couple of summers on my granddad's farm out in western Nebraska. And the summers out there are hot and dry, and farmers have to irrigate their crops. And there was this big ditch of water that flowed by my granddad's alfalfa field. And when those crops needed moisture, he would go over to this wooden gate by the ditch, and he would pull a pin, and he would raise the gate, and eventually water would flow onto his land, bringing new life to his alfalfa field. And you see, that's what it's like when we trust God. When you trust him, you're pulling the pin, and you're lifting the gate, and you're letting the water of God's spirit flow into your life and hope overflow into your life. So I'm here to tell you, Salem, pull the pin this morning. Lift that gate and let the hope of God flood your heart. Let it flood your soul. Let it wash away anger and fear and fill you with joy and peace and hope that comes only from Jesus Christ. And you see, as we overflow with hope, God will use us to bring hope into the lives of other people. What greater witness for the church can there be in a world of chaos and division and craziness than for God's people to be full of hope? Let us be the people who are full of hope. So I stopped by this morning to tell somebody that I found hope in a man called Jesus. I found hope in the King of Kings. And I found hope in the Lord of Lords. I found hope in the Lily of the Valley. I found hope in the bright and morning star. I found hope in the Alpha and the Omega. I found hope in a way maker. I found hope in a healer. I found hope in a crucifixion. And I found hope in a resurrection. Because, brothers and sisters, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, on Christ, on Christ. Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. You don't have to live in a world of fear. You don't have to live in a world of pain and anger. You can live in a place called hope. Hallelujah. Lord, I just pray right now for those listening For those watching, and I know, Lord, there are so many out there today who are in need of some hope. And so, Lord, I just pray that as they trust in you, by faith, they would pull that pin and they would lift that gate. And by your spirit, hope would overflow into their hearts and souls. Lord, I pray for somebody today who is looking for work and they're losing hope. Lord, fill them with that hope. Lord, I pray for somebody today who is struggling physically. Lord, bring healing and fill them with hope. Lord, I pray for somebody who's been a caretaker to somebody in their family, and they are discouraged, and they're running out of gas. They can't go on any longer. But this morning, Lord, bring them hope. Let it overflow in their hearts. Lord God, bring them joy and peace that comes through the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray today, If there's someone today like that inmate in the Douglas County Jail who needs to know you, Lord, I pray through your spirit, you will open their heart and mind to receiving you, to receiving your spirit, and to receiving the hope that comes from knowing you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. You know, we talked about hope being activated by faith. And I I trust that you were able to do that today, but we also know that a relationship with Jesus Christ is also activated by faith. Now, the Bible tells us something that at first seems hopeless. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it tells us that the wages of sin is death. But then it goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It goes on to say that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It goes on to say that we're saved by grace through faith. And so today, even in your home, you can pray to our Lord Jesus Christ and say, I trust in you, Lord. I believe in you. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose from the grave. I believe you want to live in my life. I believe you offer forgiveness of sins and a new path to live. And as the musicians sing, I would like you to consider that today. Come to Jesus. And come to Jesus and if you've made that decision we'd love to know about it here at the Salem Baptist Church and so there's a number up on your screen 455-1000 option 3 just call and let us know that you have trusted in Jesus and become part of God's family we'd love to hear from you it's been great being with you today God bless you and keep you and I close in benediction with the same prayer that I opened with and now may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.